It's your boy Jay Barber here with Studio Noise in partnership with Stay Home Gallery. They've created a program that allows other people to come in and curate shows for them. So this one was curated by Miss Jasmine Wilson. Her show called Inward is an exhibition inspired by our collective isolation and intimate encounters with ourselves. Uh, Inward centers the work of artists who confront their beauty, identity and personal struggle through portraiture. And I'm very happy to have one of those artists on the show. Krista Dudrick La here with me on the podcast. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, Joe. So despite all the tornado warnings and stuff going on (laughs) where you are, uh, it's great to to talk to you about your work in the show, yo. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and to talk to talk with you. I, um, first learned about your podcast from, I like your work. Yeah. I like your work podcast. And so I've been like slowly catching up this year and like going back through old episodes. And awesome. so I feel very excited to be here and honored. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a painter and mixed media artist. Um, I live and work in Philadelphia in South Philly near the Italian market. Um, and I'm right now I'm making a lot of work about my experience with uh, mental illness, mood disorder, chronic illness, as well as just like identity. I'm a mom. I'm a woman. Um, I'm a person in the year 2021 after this pandemic, um, sort of almost after. Hopefully we're almost done with that. Yeah, but, uh, fingers crossed, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, all of that finds its way into my work. I, I traditionally or historically, I worked more with um, collage and I've I've slowly been getting back into painting and working more with the figure, which I hope I can can keep doing. That's interesting, you. Yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll start with um one of the pieces in particular called Inside Out. Um, mm. start with that and kind of tell me the idea that was behind it when you were creating it. Yeah, Inside Out. Um, it came out of different experiences of uh, feeling like there was just so much emotion and intensity inside me um i uh during the pandemic i was diagnosed for the second time with a mood disorder which i had kind of been running from for for many years i had been diagnosed before and the pandemic just sort of made it really hard to ignore and so um some of that experience is just uh really feeling a lot of, you know, well, depression and anxiety. So pain, anxiety, euphoria, sometimes um, they call it hypomania. It's mm. like, uh, it's like mania, but not quite as intense as mania that you think of in, in uh, like your classic bipolar disorder. Right. So that, that can even feel like good sometimes, but just like too much, mm. um, just way too much. So it's hard to explain, but like a meaningfulness, that feels just too extreme or a mix of all of those things to the extent that it just feels like physically impossible to contain it all. And it feels like it should just be bursting out of you. So, and maybe even is bursting out of you in in some ways. So I wanted to convey that um, somewhat figuratively, but without too much representation because it's really, you can't, you can't um, represent this in any sort of, um, way that we would recognize from from the real world so um so yeah that's that's kind of where i just wanted to show this try to convey this um really this intensity just kind of bursting out of a figure 
and that's that. Yeah. No, no, I like that. Is there something that you always felt that you had and this kind of just gave you a word for it? Yeah, I, I get nervous about attaching to the labels and the words too much because it definitely has been like a, a full lifelong long experience. And I wonder if like as science continues to evolve and improve, if we'll maybe have a different understanding of what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, it's definitely something that has been, you know, better at sometimes worse at others. And um, just, you know, the stress of the pandemic made it really hard. It involves a lot of insomnia, severe insomnia. So um, that can really make you crazy. <laughs> no, yeah. You know, not sleeping, like sleep deprivation is used as, um, you know, torture. So, um, and being a mom, you know, I really need to be on during the day to take care of my son. So, um, you know, it can just get really intense, really fast to not be sleeping. So I'm lucky to be, be doing well now. So I don't want to worry too much because I'm, I'm under some good care. And now I'm able to just kind of do my work and try to um, express express my experience through my through my work. Yeah. So was this something that goes hand in hand with your artistic practice? I think um, during, yeah. So when I made this series of self-portraits, which Inside Out and the other painting in the show, Rearranging, are part of, I was really still um, trying to get the medication sorted out. And um, it just takes time to kind of come out of a severe episode. And so I was really just still feeling pretty unbalanced and um i think you know what for i think anyone with a like a quote-unquote invisible illness you sort of have this deep desire or longing for other people to understand Mm -hmm. um even though that's not really possible Mm -hmm. so um i think some of it came some of that body of work was just like an effort to to make other people understand um but it's hard because I'm also really uncomfortable sharing kind of what a mess I am <laughs> inside. Right. Um, and you kind of, um, you kind of can imagine that when, when no one knows you're struggling, you think, well, maybe if they knew they care, but then it's like, what if people know and they still don't care? Mm. Um, so I think you have to get to this place inside yourself where you, you're finding the approval and understanding you need inside yourself and needing it from others less and less. So as time has gone on, I've been looking at this body of work and wondering if maybe it's just like an effort to make peace with myself more than anything else um, so that I don't really need to worry about what other people think. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, I, I yeah. completely get it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a very internal struggle uh, that you're yeah. having and how, uh, how to deal with it and how you see yourself and your place in the... Uh, society because you still see society moving and doing everything and everybody else feels normal and you don't feel normal yeah right quote unquote normal yeah right yeah and so one of the things that you wrote was about um i'm gonna read from your statement self-perception and identity fluctuate with mood with Mm -hmm. this mood disorder the constant shuffling between versions of yourself can be disorienting and leave you wondering which version is me uh i i um that quote resonated, especially when I look at the piece inside out. Um, tell me about that. Like, just explain that a little bit more for us. Yeah, I feel like um, it's that's like the lifelong piece in a lot of ways is when you're not a consistent person, at least I 
my experience of myself is that I'm not a consistent person. Um, and I think I've just felt a lot of shame about that for a long time. Mm. And I'm just really trying to make peace with like, that's just who I am and how I am. And, um, you know, maybe other people don't experience me. So is quite so inconsistent, but, you know, I might be like very, feel very confident and outgoing and, um, and then just, you know, feel totally fragile and, and vulnerable and can, can, you know, hate the sound of my own voice kind of thing. Mm. You know, I think a lot of people who's, who struggle with mood disorder would, that would resonate with them. But, um, I, it does leave you wondering, like, it's like, I really always have this longing for like a consistent, um, identity to attach to. And then there are other, you know, I think anytime you start to look at one aspect of your identity and like really try to make peace with it, all these other parts of your identity can sort of start clamoring for attention that aren't even related to the mood disorder. So I, I really just started thinking about a lot of things. And um, I think at that point I was still just feeling very, at the time I made the work, I was still feeling very, um, very just like wanting, wanting to know like who I am, like what's the consistent piece. And I think I've really, as time has gone on, um, I've just made, I guess I keep saying peace, but made more peace with myself about like, it's really just okay. Like it's not my fault and people in my life love me for who I am. And um, it's okay to, to, you know, be this way one day, this way another day. And, um, we're all just doing our best, you know. Yeah, including me. So. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I definitely understand that. I think, um, I wonder how much uh, being an artist affects that too, because uh, you know I feel that way as an artist, and I think I know a lot of artists that go through kind of the cycle of creation, right? Mm-hmm. And and yeah. that that whole thing can have a very adverse effect on your mood and your, the way you think and how you take certain things people say to you. And how you see yeah. your, your own self-worth and value based on how good you feel about what you created, right? And so, yeah. so does part of that, like, factor into the impression of yourself? Oh, definitely. I always, like, joke that there's a life cycle of a painting for me where it's, like, um, where um, you sort of are excited about getting going, you've got all these ideas, and then... And then, you know, you feel like you're a great artist. Or for me, I feel like I'm, like, doing a great job. And then sort of halfway through, I'm, like, I have this total crisis of, like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. I hate it. And I'm not Yeah, artist. what have I done? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, why <laughs> does anyone ever put me in shows? Like, you know, all of these people are lying. And, and then you kind of turn a corner. And I'm like, okay, maybe I can salvage this. And then by the end, it's like, oh, this is pretty good. You know, all right, I came through, came through the, you know, the dark period or whatever. Yeah, that's definitely. And, and, and yeah, you go through a long period where uh, no one's interested or just everyone, all artists, I'm sure you can really get a lot of rejections, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things that you don't, yep. aren't the right fit for you. And then, you know, you get a few acceptance emails and that's really exciting. And um, yeah, it definitely ebbs and flows. You, you get some criticism and that can, can feel really devastating for a time. For sure, yo. So we got a, yeah. the painting rearranging. You start to get a, a feel for how you paint, like the the strokes and the different colors that you're trying to the layer together. Like, tell us mm-hmm. about like the ideas behind that way of working. 
Yeah, um, I have been wanting to do, I've been trying to bring figures into my work for a long time and I just get so perfectionist and like tight about it and really representational. And I, I just didn't want to mess with any of that. I really wanted these to be intuitive and uh, it was important to me that they not have a face because I was trying to represent an inner landscape and not, it was important to me that they not have this sense of being uh, rooted in a, a two, you know, in a, in a representational world, mm-hmm. uh, a literal, a literal world. So I uh, just decided to use an outline of a figure and try, I use acrylic. And so I was trying to just work as quickly as I could before it started drying. So I could kind of blend things together a bit. And that was a really good challenge for me to get away from the perfectionism. And I really just, I was the state of mind I was in. I really just needed something more intuitive and and quick and not focused on, um, on details too much. So I just um, painted this figure kind of holding, I imagine holding like darkness in one hand and light in the other and just kind of like moving things around mm-hmm. inside. Um, I, it's kind of this idea of, you know, doing a lot of work on yourself and trying to make lasting changes, uh, rewrite the scripts you use in relationships and then having this moment of like, is any of this really producing lasting change or am I just, is the end result going to be the same? Am I just rearranging all these pieces inside myself? Um, and now I, I really, I don't feel quite so grim about it all, but that's kind of what I was grappling with at the time. And so looking back at that um, and the ideas that you were expressing at that time, like it almost seems like these works are a time capsule of that period when you were painting it. Now we're kind of, we're in a yeah. different situation out of the pandemic. As you look back at this time, what do you think about? Oh, um, I think I'll always remember just how difficult it was. And, um, you know, just for all the same reasons it was difficult for everyone else, but just um, just having such a frightening um, kind of crisis, I guess, health crisis and how that affected my family. And I, I also can only assume and imagine that I'll have more times like that mm. in the future. Um, and so I think that's what, that's, I, I'm glad to feel, I feel like as, as I've been vaccinated and my family's been vaccinated, like a weight has lifted. My son's not vaccinated yet. So I think once he's vaccinated, like more of a weight will lift that I didn't even realize was so heavy. Mm. Um, and I'm just really grateful to kind of be entering maybe a lighter phase when I can reckon with these things I'm working on in myself and trying to um, really get some stability um, and peace within and just really work on that without the stresses of a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, for uh, sure. In a more circumspect way, I guess. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like when was your life changed um, dramatically during the pandemic? Like, were you kind of a, a outgoing, on-the-go type of person and this kind of forced you down, changed how you work? Or Yeah, it was pretty dramatic. I, um, I w- I'm lucky to have a studio in my home, and um, 
I had, you know, sort of a routine with my son. He was three, around three when all this, when, when it started. And um, we just had a lot of things. We, we live in the city. So we had a lot of like um, places we would go to play every day. Mm-hmm. I had um, childcare some days, which is when I would work. And my husband went to an office. And when the pandemic first started, I'm sure you remember, it was like, we didn't even know if it was safe to go outside. Like, we didn't know <laughs> if it was safe to like get the mail. Yeah. We were wiping down our groceries. Yeah. My husband was working in at home in my studio and I was trying to work and my son was home with me all the time. We were all just home. And there's been some really nice things about being together so much, like really great. Like it's been, my son has loved having my husband home so much, but um, losing, I think I was down to just a little corner and I just made a bunch of landscapes at the beginning of the pandemic before, before things really got tough. But um, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was frightening. It was frightening as a mother. Right. Um, yeah. Just not knowing. There was so much we didn't know at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So looking back, like after this, did you, do you think you learned a way to deal with it if, and when it does occur the next time? Cause if, if this is kind of a chronic condition, you are expecting to have to handle it again. Yeah. I think, um, I'll stay on my meds. So that's that's for sure. And uh, I'm definitely like plugged in with a, with some, you know, a great doctor and, and therapist and my, uh, my loved ones kind of know better how to support me. And I, and kind of see, you know, the line of like when we need to get more urgent help. And um, I just, I feel like I have better tools of knowing like, when to, what the red flags are. And um, so I'm really grateful for all of that. I think it's going to take me forward in a, in a more stable way uh, than I, than if I had continued running, you know, right. Even, even if things hadn't gotten so gotten so bad, I think um, I'm on a better path now. That's great, Joe. And art wise, yeah. like, where do you see yourself like coming out of this? Oh yeah. I, um, I'm excited to keep painting and kind of finding my visual language. Um, I'm excited to keep working with the figure in an abstracted way. And um, I also do mixed media and collage with a lot of found objects and like paint skins and cut paper. So I'll keep doing that. Um, I've been working with Yupo a bit and that's pretty cool. So I'm excited about that. And I've taken a big break this summer for time with family. And I took some classes with NYC Crit Club Mm. which was amazing. And so I'm excited. I think in a couple of weeks I'll be able to get back into the studio and and really get going. So I'm looking forward to that. Are you going to still try to tackle the same sort of subject matter? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think I'll be in a way, I think I've always been tackling that more indirectly. And I, I'm kind of thinking now I probably always will in some ways. So. In the, pro- in, in the process of working, how many of these pieces in this style in this series do you think you made during the pandemic? Like you said, you started off in as landscapes and then did this develop out of the landscapes kind of thing? No, I know it sounds very disjointed. And I think some of that goes back to like my inconsistency as a person and as an artist. Like I I've always really enjoyed doing cityscapes, mm-hmm. um, you know, the landscape of Philadelphia the lights, especially evening and twilight, um, dusk, dawn, like those times of day when the lights are changing. So I always kind of 
jump back to landscapes from time to time just when I need to like when I need to I guess and um but I've also been doing uh, collage work um so I did I think with the the self-portraits I did um six or seven and then I did three pretty large paintings um incorporating figures um one is incorporating animals but um and then the landscapes I did like 10 and then I did some small mixed media pieces like six of those um so I kind of just depending on where I am I work differently and I'm always kind of jumping around to the same types of things. Right. Yeah. So yeah. The, the everything is it's there's always like a really vivid bright palette. Like the bright orange especially always makes its way in there. It's pyrrole orange, which I love. And um, there's common threads, but I I do I do change it up. No, that's awesome, and I I think that's uh, super important. Um, not just for you dealing with this kind of mood disorder, but just as an artist following your intuition and what is telling you to happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if you feel like it's collage day, then it's collage day. Yeah, like, exactly. like, you know, it's, it's that type yeah. of thing. Like, you know, and, yeah. and to make no bones about uh, that process. I was just asking in, in, in terms of how did, how this particular body of work in series will continue to manifest in the work going forward. Yeah, I think um, right after the self-portrait series, I did the larger, I did two of the larger pieces, and I really like where it's going. Again, just using more of an outline of, of a figure, mm-hmm. um, which helps me really break away from getting too too perfectionist about representation. And right. so I'd really like to keep going in that direction, keeping it looser and um, kind of representing my experience in that way. I have so many ideas. Like I really can't wait to just get started. Um, I took a writing class with NYC Crit Club and interestingly out of the writing came a lot of ideas for paintings. So I think I'm going to use the same visual language and just keep working with like small and medium size uh, paintings. I love it, Joe. I love it. Because yeah. I think, the, <laughs> I think the pieces included in the show uh, definitely have that emotion in it like that anxiety and the way you were trying to express it. I think you did a great job with it. Oh, Um, thank you so much. Absolutely. Yo, tell everybody where they can find you and and keep up with your work. Oh, sure. So my website is Krista Dedrick lie.com. And um, my Instagram is also Krista Dedrick lie. I have taken a little break on Instagram, but I'm getting ready to be back on there soon. So those are both really great places to find me. Absolutely, yo. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. That's it for this special episode of Studio Noise. Just think of these special episodes as the mini artist talk to go along with the show, the virtual online exhibition, Inward. You can find it at stayhomegallery.com slash exhibitions slash inward so check out the work from the show come back listen to the artist for the show it's all a good time baby <laughs> that's what we do and of course if you like what you hear you want to hear more from studio noise we got over 117 episodes in the archive ready for you to check out just waiting all the artists black artists that you want to know that you need to know right here on the noise 
we sure do appreciate you thank you for listening come back hear the rest of the artists in the show come back for more noise and we'll see y'all next time appreciate you